0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: We can talk with Alex Accurgy and yes, wherever you're listening live from Thank you so much for joining us, and yes, you're listening to the Queen of Expression. My name is Alex Okurji, and I'm coming to you live from Lagos, Nigeria, all the way in West Africa. So, hey, people, welcome to the Naked Talk. And like always, I say that expression is a sign of strength and not weakness. And yes, this is the hub for real, authentic conversations like never before. We do not apologize for, you know, our experiences. We do not apologize for... You know, the things that we think and how we feel, then, you know, we don't we don't apologize for the things that we want, right? So yes, you know, we keep it real. And we're, uh, you know, we're all about empowering, empowering people around the world with the freedom, right? The freedom to basically thrive, the freedom to you know express their greatness, the freedom to express their talent, their brilliance, and all of who they really are. So yes, welcome to The Naked Talk, and yeah, my name is Alex Okurji, and I am so excited to be joining you live today on the show, and I cannot wait. Yes, I've been counting down to this very moment because I've been looking forward to having my very special guest who's joined me live all the way from the United States, and yes, we've been on and on and on about doing this show and well finally it's here, right? So yes, last time on the Naked Talk with Alex Kruger, I had an amazing 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 guest. Um yes, Curry, Curry Hicks who joined me live all the way um from Florida in the United States. And of course we had a great conversation about vision, values, and versatility. And um yeah, Curry dropped it like it's hot, right? He shared so much, just amazing values and jewels on the show. And if you missed the you know, if you missed that episode with Curry Hicks, uh don't forget, you can catch that show and every other show and all the other conversations that I've had with all my amazing guests. No, no, no two conversations are ever the same, right? Now, if you missed any episode of The Naked Talk, don't forget that you can catch all our archive shows right here on the radio channel on Block Turk Radio, or you can listen to The Naked Talk on any of our other syndicated you know, channels. So, yes, you can listen to The Naked Talk, On Blog Talk, you can listen to The Naked Talk. We're also syndicated on TuneIn Radio. You can catch us on Stitcher. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to The Naked Talk on CastBox FM. We're also syndicated on the Acast, and we're on Port Africa in Uganda. You can catch The Naked Talk on Radio Public, and you can listen to us on Podcast TV and, oh, my God, we're everywhere. I can't even keep up, right? Or you can listen to us on the Good Radio Network in Canada, and, yes, we're syndicated all over your internet radio, so you have no reason whatsoever to catch any of my amazing guests and all the authentic, informative, and illuminating, stimulating conversations that we have right here on the show. And as you know, shows unscripted, it's uncensored, it's uncaught, and we keep it real right here. So. Yes, you know, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Global Royal. Now, Global Royal is all about bringing to you the lifestyle. And if you've ever wondered about owning your own home or just, ah, you know, yes, owning your own or having that lifestyle that you want, you can find out more about their packages and their portfolios and just how they help you to make that happen by going over to their official website at www.globalroyal.com. The Biz, now Global Royal, it's Royal with an R-O-Y-A-L-E, so yes, it's a Royal with an E, that B-I-Z, and you can find out more about Global Royal. And let's not forget our amazing partners and friends at QTB events. Now, QTB is all about your first class quality entertainment productions and events, and you can find out more about all the amazing stuff they do from, you know, uh yeah, all the amazing stuff they do, right? If you head on to their website at QTAB, Q-T-A-B-Y, Dot com. Sorry, let me take that again. Q T A B Y with an S dot com and find out more about them. So today on the Naked Talk, we're going to be having, we're going to be talking about the Naked Truth about creative entrepreneurship with my very special guest. And yes, my guest is right here in the virtual studio already. Um, and yes, he is named one of the 40 Under 40 business leaders in Indiana. Um, today's guest is an award-winning entrepreneur. He brings years of experience in the arts, design, marketing, innovation, and publicity. In addition to advising founders, artists and students. He has lectured at Princeton, Stanford, Notre Dame, Emerson College, Indiana University, and at numerous conferences. He is a Yale-trained designer with credits on Broadway, feature films, indie films, theater, and opera. Oh my God, I'm trying not to spill all the beans because I know we have so much to talk about. Well, my very special guest, I'm so excited, you know. He's joining me. Um, He is a creative entrepreneur. He is a speaker um, and media strategist. And I know there's so many other things I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that now because I don't want to let the cats out of the bag. But I'm just so honored that Yuri Katowder is joining me live all the way from the United States. Hi, Yuri. Welcome to the Naked Talk.
2: Hi, Alex. It's uh, it's fantastic to be on the show today. Thank you so much. And and yes, I'm broadcasting live from. Boston right now where it's it's yeah,
1: finally sunny and it's finally in the sixties. Oh wow, finally you guys! Oh yeah, so it's it's sunny and you guys have a great. First of all, um, Yuri, thank you so much for joining me live. And I've been counting down. I've been looking forward to this. You know, I kept saying, I remember when I did your <laughs> amazing podcast. I was like, I can't wait for Yuri to be on the other side, right? And so right. finally, we're doing this, and you're here joining me all the way. I'm in Africa, and you're in Boston, and so this is amazing. And people are joining us from around the world. I've been getting comments and tweets and messages and whatsapp and all sorts of things so i can't wait for people to join us wherever they're listening from so just before we you know take you know just get onto this you know to the show let's get a little Mm -hmm. naked right here um (laughs) you know who are we gonna (laughs) i know i know well if you insist let's get a if i insist oh i insist I insist nobody comes in here without stripping, so they have to strip down quite a little bit. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about Yuri Katalda, right? Mm-hmm. The Yuri today, you know, how would you basically describe the man behind the many hats you wear? And I know you wear many hats. You have this amazing podcast. You're now an author, and we'll probably talk about that later. You know, I know I do a yeah. lot of things that I didn't mention, but I deliberately didn't mention that because I kind of want the yeah. listeners to be part of this <laughs> conversation. So I've... Who would we say? I mean, who is Eureka Taltos today? I mean, how would you describe yourself? How would you describe the man behind all these different creative hats that you wear?
2: Wow, you're uh, you're starting this off like really intense. Like <laughs> this is like ten years of therapy type of question. Uh, <laughs> how do I really describe myself behind everything else that I that I wear? You know, so who am I really? I'm I could honestly, I consider myself to be a a laid back, creative, midwestern uh, Mm -hmm. person, basically. Like, I mean, in a nutshell. But you know, it's well. So what's interesting is is you know, every few years I kind of reinvent myself and and what I'm focused on. So part of what's happening now with like me currently in 2018 is kind of this um is a reflection back off of of the years of of like the the highs and lows I've had and how that shaped me as a person and mm-hmm. for for like one of the first times in a long time I, I feel very you know proud to be from the middle of nowhere in Indiana and also have a really cool diverse ethnic background of like my you know I I've got Half of my family came from from Russia and Ukraine and they came over to the United States during World War II and you know they were stuck in concentration camps and survived that and have amazing and and frightening stories of that and the other half of my family comes from you know the southern tip of Italy and came wow. over after the you know the fascist regime so it's it's a weird dichotomy and mix but it's it's <laughs> something that I'm now starting to like fully embrace all at the same time. I hope I hit something oh, wow. in there that made sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm i trying to put it all together. It's like, you're oh, okay. I'm about to go somewhere, but I'm not sure I should go there right now, but it just feels like this really mixed. Like, I mean, that's kind of like a cocktail. Like I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, okay, he's got a bit of rush. He's, you know, he's got a bit of Italian. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, yeah. but I guess that that is obviously rub off in as well as in just who you've become today and, you know, just some of the traits and the things that you've taken from, again, you know, just from family and how diverse your family background is. So let's, let's mm-hmm. talk about, and I know that you said that, you know, you're this laid back, creative West, West, uh, Western uh, um, guy, but let's talk about, and I know that you mentioned, you know, where they came from, but let's talk about growing up yeah. for you. Right. Sure. What was it like? You know, what was it like for Yuri? What was growing up for Yuri like? Um, and when did you first fall in love with art? Because I mean, you go way back with the art. But so, you know, what was it like growing up? At what point did you kind of fall in love with you know just art in general?
2: Sure. So growing up in the mid. So I grew up in Northern Indiana in the 80s and 90s. Um, again, oh. to a <laughs> to a family of half Russian, half Italians. So, um, in the beginning I was, so I was, I've always been the weird kid in school. So, you know, I always wanted to be, I always wanted a common American name, like, uh, Mark or James. <laughs> and I remember like sitting in the lunch counter eating what now would be considered amazing. So, you know, I had my, my parents grew their own vegetables in the backyard Mm-hmm. And so I had orga- organic everything, even though I didn't know it was, that's what it was at the time. And I had amazing, like, multiple Italian meat sandwiches uh, that were, you know, a little bit on the smelly side, just because that's just how they are. And I remember kids looking at me, like, making fun of my name, uh, making fun of the lunch I had. And I just wanted to be that American kid with white bread and mm-hmm. peanut, uh, peanut butter sandwich. Like, that's what I really wanted. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I had. And so part of that, at that time, I also developed a stuttering problem. So from the age of like six to 12, I was the, you know, so I was a quiet foreign kid with smelly sandwich who also stuttered. So it was a little bit, it's a little bit rough growing up. And the art, clearly my, so this all goes to my mom on her side. So Uh my grandfather was, um, a uh, an upholsterer. So when he came over after World War II, he developed a trade of of how to basically rebuild furniture, and get beautiful, and, and mm. he taught taught himself how to do that and was eventually hired for larger companies to do that. And so at an early age, mm. my mom would have me sit with him and work with him. My mom also loved the arts, so from the, an early age, I would go to musicals and operas. Uh, I started playing piano when I was three years old. So my mom, oh, wow. you know, re- yeah, really kind of encouraged all of that, and and so my love of the arts just kind of evolved from that. So you know, originally it started with music and being exposed to international music because you know, Russian mother, Italian mm-hmm. father, we didn't. They also loved the Beatles. You have this weird mix in the middle. So you know, <laughs> all of that kind mm-hmm. of went together, and then I just because of the fact of being a, a quiet. Uh, stuttering child I, I was more introverted anyway so I would mm-hmm. do art projects or I would you know I would have to push my own creativity just because I kind of felt like an outsider and, and a little bit alone and so I mm-hmm. had imagined friends and, and well I again <laughs> had this giant backyard next to the woods so you know <laughs> I had regular friends too I, I wasn't like some kind of like weird mm-hmm. quiet lonely kid all the time Mm -hmm. but you know I I used my imagination a lot and so did the few friends Mm -hmm. that I had and and just kind of just evolved from there and and so my my interest and love of of different artistic mediums has just kind of evolved over time Mm -hmm. just based off of what my focus was
1: you know I I know a little bit about you know just feeling um you know that sort of Maybe lonely. I don't know. Like, I I, I don't know what it is to have Russian parents and Italian parents and anything like that. I mean, I grew up in Nigeria. (laughs) But I do know as a creator what it means to, I know what it, I was very introverted growing up. And I know a lot of people don't believe this and will probably never believe it. (laughs) it, (laughs) I don't believe it. I, you see no, but i was you know i was really introverted i never used to talk i'm serious i never was stuck and i write a, a lot about that in you know my latest yeah. book but i never used to talk and i so i know what it is like put your attention to just different forms of art to just you know have imaginary friends I kind of did and even though I you know I probably still had a few friends you know I know what it is to be by yourself I kind of figure I I guess I kind of get in my head so I picture like young Yuri just really (laughs) but you know you said something about just you know you know your grandfather and upholstery because I was trying to figure out you know how what you know how you became a designer um, you know mm-hmm. why you studied that, and, and and you know you're going to study theater, and this is, I'm just curious about all of that <laughs> stuff. So yeah. let's talk about you know you, you know how you you know how you decided what you were going to study you know at the university, and then why you studied theater, and 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 then you you know went forward, and then you started designing. Let's talk about that. So how did yeah. that come about? I mean, how did you find yourself there?
2: <laughs> sure, sure. Because could have
1: been anything, so, right?
2: Yeah. I still believe that I can. I, it, I, and I honestly, that is for, you know, for one thing or another, like growing up in the United States, despite our current administration, there is a, there is still <laughs> this, this entrepreneurial, like, yes, go and be whatever you want kind of feeling. Uh-huh. And I still, which I love now because I work with a lot of tech companies and it's still, no matter how old I get, I still have that. Like, it doesn't matter how old I am. I could reinvent myself tomorrow and, switch careers and do something else. So that's uh, – it is both inspiring and amazing and a little bit frightening because you're, like, <laughs> want to do so many cool things. I
3: know.
0: But,
2: uh, yeah. But, okay, but so how did I get into theater? It um, – I went – so I went to public high school in northern Indiana, and my my father wanted to become an engineer. And growing mm-hmm. up, he had a large wood shop, like a – basically that's what he wanted to be. He wanted to be an engineer and didn't have the money to go to school at the time. And so he kind of just took jobs and, uh, he built this very large shop in the back of our property, uh, and works with a lot of woodworking materials. So growing up play around with building things out of wood, one of my best friends, he, his grandfather worked with machines and had a large machine shop. So, so he and I would get together, Mm -hmm. build, build things. And, so this building things has always been inside and always been part of, of who I am. And so you take this building thing and then, you know, next door, cause my, my Italian, my, sorry, my Russian grandfather lived next door to us. So he has his oh, own wow. shop where he is building furniture and looking at different types of fabrics. And like his entire basement is just full of fabrics, And so I to a very interesting high school that allowed me to take uh, various classes and ultimately allowed me to then work part of the time. So go to school half the day and then work in the the evening. And Uh. so because of my interest in design, I was like, okay, you know, engineering could be cool. I started taking all these cool design classes, which then got me involved in working for this automotive company, and I helped prototype one of the original minivan taxi cabs that were in New York and Detroit and Chicago. And so I was like, great, you know, this is what, this is what engineering is supposed to be. Uh, you know, I'm designing <laughs> vehicles and, and I'm helping, you know, create new, new cars. And so I uh-huh. originally went to school to be a mechanical engineer because that's what I thought mechanical engineering was. And I quickly found <laughs> out that's not what mechanical engineering is at all. Uh, technically I think, What I really wanted to be was an industrial designer. I just didn't know what that was at the time, nor did anybody around me. But that's okay. I spend a lot of time now with industrial designers. So I was going to school for engineering, and I I remember I actually got a full ride scholarship to Purdue University, which is a very highly regarded engineering school in, in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. But I was in my second year, and I was struggling with the math part and we had a substitute professor who was a NASA rocket scientist. <laughs> I remember, like, after class, sitting down with him because everybody, like, the class ended early and everybody was around and talking about their like car projects or or other things they're building. And I was like, you know, I at the time I was in a band. I was a ska- I was a skateboarder also at the time. Uh, I was working on <laughs> a lot lot more creative projects and I looked at him and I was like, you know, I don't really feel like I've, I've fit in here right now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not in, I don't care about my car. I don't want to rebuild an engine on the weekend. I think that's stupid. I'm like, I'm like, I don't really fit <laughs> in. And so he looks at me and he's like, okay, that's thanks, Yuri. That's great to find out. So if you're so unhappy, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And nobody had ever asked me that question before. And I was like, you know, yeah, why am I here? And the next day I dropped out, much to my parents' uh, dismay. <laughs> so I completely dropped out. And then I actually moved back home with my parents briefly and started taking other classes at Indiana University and realized just, you know, I was excited about a lot of different things. I took journalism classes, and I took painting classes, and I took uh, other writing classes. <laughs> And I stumbled into this – it's a class called Design for the Theater, and I realized uh-huh. that, that theater and design was what, what I really wanted to do because I could, be, I could be an engineer. I could be an industrial designer. I could be a psychologist, a philosopher. I, I could work with uh-huh. fabrics. I could, I, I could work with so many uh-huh. different mediums, and it all came together in theater. And so from that moment on,
1: uh-huh. I focused,
2: focused on theater. So you know it, it was like – uh I was 20, I was the year 2000. I was 20 years old. I transferred over and became a theater major. And then from there, I realized quickly that nobody else at that university really wanted to be a designer. Everybody wanted to be an actor. So I I used that to my (laughs) advantage. And so I was able to – so I ended up transferring to the main campus of IU Bloomington. And I took classes as an undergrad with the graduate students. And I got to design shows at the main level because there was no competition. I learned really on Mm – like early on at that stage, that if you really want to succeed and kind of make a mark in things, it's really better to go with no competition because then there's nothing stopping mm. you.
1: Mm. Wow,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I I find that to be really wise, though, right? I mean, at that young age, to know that, hey, you know, I, you know, I would be, and that's smart. I think that's smart as well. Is that, and it's. I I don't think it's it's a general thinking. You know, usually what happens, everybody wants to do what everybody else is doing, right? But here you are saying, you know what? You know, I see everyone wants to try and do this, but I would be unique doing this because I don't really have competition. And I can thrive doing this because, you know, I get a unique opportunity to be able to stand out and, you know, be great at this. So this kind of makes quite a lot of sense. So this is what we're going to do, Yuri. I want you to hold that thought. We're going to go for a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Okay. You're listening to The Naked Talk with Alex Okoroji.
0: You're listening to The Naked Talk, it's so uncensored. She keeps it real, she keeps it straight.
3: She tells it like it It is no matter who's afraid to bear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah. You're listening to The Naked Talk with Alex Okoroji.
0: UTABI events, your one-stop shop for A-class events and entertainment, international artist management and promotion, logistics management, project management, and brand enhancements, with affiliates across South Africa, UK, Benin Republic, Togo, Ghana, Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, and Cameroon. Won't you rather let Our dynamic team treats you like the respectable clients that you are, taking away the stress from your business, taking away the stress from your business.
1: And if you're just tuning in or you're just joining us uh, joining us, sorry, wherever you're listening from around the world, talk with Alex Okurji. And yes, my name is Alex Okurji and um you're listening to the Queen of Expression and I'm joining you live all the way from Lagos, Nigeria, in the heart of Africa. And yes, just before we went and that little uh break, right? you know, I was talking to my very special guest um he is uh, a creative entrepreneur he's a speaker and he's also a media strategist and he's joining us live all the way from boston in the united states and we've been having a really interesting powerful conversation and yes he's been making me laugh a lot um so yes don't forget that this conversation is interactive and you can you know you can contribute if you've got questions for Yuri or you have questions for me or you want to speak to him. You probably don't want to speak to me, but you probably want to speak to Yuri anyway. <laughs> so maybe maybe you are um, maybe you feel like a kindred spirit. You're just as multi passionate as he is and, and you can kind of relate to that and you want to, you know, be part of this conversation. Don't forget that you can call in live. Now the number to call in is right there on your screen. Uh, you can call in Uh, Plus 1, 323-642-1693. Don't forget the number to call is plus 1, 323-642-1693. If you're calling from outside the U.S., if you're calling from the U.S., dial as a local number, 323-642-1693. or you can use your Skype button to call in for free. Just click the Skype button on top of your player. And, yes, you can call into the show for free. Or you can tweet using hashtag The Naked Talk, And, of course, your conversations will be read on the show. Or send us a WhatsApp message, right? You can send your questions on WhatsApp or what else. Let's see. There's so many ways you can contact us, right? Um, unfortunately, the live in-studio chat room is not open today. So I'm sorry, guys. But, yeah, you can always send us an, an email. Yeah, send us an email to heller at The naked talk that Live, And your questions will be read on the show.
2: Welcome back, Yuri. Welcome. Thank you so much. (laughs) I I was just paying attention to all the different ways I could potentially call in and talk to myself. So this is uh, is good. (laughs)
1: Well, yeah. Well, yeah. That would be that would be amazing. I mean, because you're the, you know, you have all these many skills and you're multi, you know, multi talented and all of that. So that would be really interesting to to figure. Like Yuri talking to Yuri. Yes, Yuri wants to speak with Yuri. <laughs> um, anyway, Yuri. So you know, just before we went in that, you know, quick commercial uh, break. You know, you yeah. had quite a number of things, and again, things that I can relate to as a creative. I know quite a bit about reinvention and reinventing myself. And I think that's what that I think that's the beauty, right, of being creative is that you feel like you're illimitable, right? You're all like, there's nothing stopping you. You can be anything and everything you want to be at any time that you decide that you want to be, right? And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I guess that's where some other folks don't really guess. Like, how can you just go and say, you know, I want to try this out, or I want to do this, or now, you know, you've changed direction. To them, it's change, but for us, it's like expansion, right? It's like you just you know, you're reinventing yourself and you're stepping into a new level of you. So I kind of understand that. But, you know, talking about just how you're able to, you know, wear all these many hats, right? Leaving school, mm-hmm. starting, you know, design and all of that. Which one would you say, what would you say is your superpower? Like if it were to ask, like you're, what's your superpower? What would you say is your superpower?
2: Hmm. So my superpower is, that I'm comfortable this is gonna sound weird. I'm comfortable being <laughs> the dumbest person in the room. And and I say by dumbest in that like right oh. now I spend a lot of time at like MIT and um Harvard and a bunch of other like high I spend I spend time in rooms with people who are incredibly intelligent. And I'm able to hang out in rooms with people and subjects that I am not 100% knowledgeable about and still contribute to the conversation in a meaningful way and am able to translate it in language. So, yeah, that's kind of a, I know it's a long, but yeah, the, uh, <laughs> that really seems to
1: well, <laughs> help um, me out. Well, yeah, it must be very – it must be – I mean, you must be very – come on, like I'm trying to put that in a way that – I'm trying to understand it because I know (laughs) that you are (laughs) – well, I get what you're trying to say. That's you being trying to be humble. Like, that's like, you know, that's like modesty. Like, you know what? I'm cool to just be the dumbest person in the room. But you know what I teach? You know, sometimes I go to teach at Stanford and I teach at Princeton and I hang out with professors and I create courses at, you know, Emerson College and it's okay. I'm the dumbest in the room. And I get it. Right. I get it. Right. I get it. <laughs> right, I, get so it. I, I understand.
2: Right. I'm, I'm trying. I'm not, yeah, so I, I wasn't intensely trying to be like a humble but, but a part of that – so part of that is, is – so there's a lot of people who try to strive to be the smartest person in the room, and I am mm-hmm. the person who tries to do the opposite. Like I purposely seek out rooms where I am nowhere near the smartest or most accomplished person because I learn the most from people by mm-hmm. shutting up and listening.
1: And that is very – and that's very important, actually. You know, it's funny because I get what you're saying, you know. And yeah. even for me, even for me as a parent, I still learn a lot from my seven year old. So he's going to be able yeah. yeah, I learn a lot from him. <laughs> just sometimes, you know, he's like, Mommy, do you? I'm like, No, I don't. I don't know. And, you know, it's funny because I'm probably mm-hmm. the one who comes out like I'm very knowledgeable about stuff. Probably am. But usually when I'm with people <laughs> and they ask me, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And it like, Really? You do I'm like, No, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm listening. And it's funny Mm -hmm. because I'm a talker and Mm -hmm. on the outside, like when it's, I'm a talker, but when I'm with other people, I'm pretty much, I don't switch roles until I feel like I need to fill the space. So it's very, I'm the ambivert. And it's, it's weird for Mm -hmm. a lot of people because they're trying to figure out like, it's like, okay, what is this? Like, I'm the ambivert. And when I'm quiet, people think like there's something wrong because they think they know the extrovert extroverted mm-hmm. side of me but people forget that there's an introverted side of i'm really an introvert and it's funny again i say usually that i never used to talk <laughs> so <laughs> i get it like it's i know it's weird but i am and so it's um but i get what you say by you know you wanting to strive to and, and i guess that that's how you become you've achieved the things that you've achieved you know and that's how you've been able to grow is because you're able to find yourself in environments where ordinarily even a lot of creatives might not want to sort of go to, right? So you get mm-hmm. to hang out with, you know, really intell- you know intellectuals and you're still able to bring something to the table. So I think mm-hmm. that is amazing. So let's talk about, you know, influences. You know, I'm always curious to know, um, you, you know, like what influences a person or who influences a person? So Yuri, who would, you know, Speaking of the guy who's always you know wanting to learn from others, um, what would you say? Oh, who would you say are some of your greatest influences?
2: My greatest influences, uh, you know. So it's weird being on the other side of this because I'm I'm usually the one asking <laughs> questions like this, and I get to listen to people squirm a little bit because I purposely don't tell them the questions ahead of time. And here I am mm-hmm. squirming. So <laughs> influences. So the, my influences have kind of changed throughout the year. Uh, I mean, so my my grandfather, I would say, has been probably one of the biggest influences in my life, especially just from an early age, mostly just because of his lifestyle and then of course you know proximity uh, uh, he was right next door, my parents worked a lot growing up, so I would spend a lot of time with my my Russian grandmother and grandfather and learn from them and and kind of their work ethic. so I get a lot of you know for better or for worse that the immigrant work mentality has been kind of ingrained in me from a a young child. And sometimes you work yourself to death, but, um, you know, either way you try to get things done. So like work wise, you know, him as well as aesthetic um, my grandfather would have this, would do this, this design thing where he would spend hours and weeks on a project ultimately then building this you know like a piece of furniture and if it wasn't right he would tear it apart and start over even if it was Mm. minutes from being finished so this the strive for perfectionism is also something that I've kind of picked up from from him in that sense in in a design aesthetic but but beyond that you know growing up I became obsessed with uh the renaissance designers so um Mm. you know Michelangelo especially Leonardo da Vinci Da Vinci, especially, just because of his ability to weave the scientific model with arts and and kind of go back and forth um, and work from there. So there was I had a lot of artistic influences. Them and then in my 20s, when I really wanted to be a designer, uh, one of the biggest influences was this. He's a a British designer. Actually, he's Welsh. He recently passed away. His name was Paul Brown, but I, I had the uh, privilege to work as his assistant for a couple of years at the santa fe opera and his his ability to create visually exciting worlds around an opera piece was like hands down the best i've ever seen and i don't know that there's anyone else who really can like hold the candle to his his genius um, because his his designs were beautiful they were also visually interesting and they made you think differently about the piece itself and just the kind of the way he approached things. And, and, and he also made opera approachable for the audience. So the a oh. problem a lot of opera has now is, you know, like a younger generation thinks is boring. And to a certain extent, oh. it kind of is like if, if you do opera the same way it's been <laughs> done for 200 years, it gets old. Oh. So he yeah. and his collaborators would find new ways to rethink about some of these classics and bring them into a modern era and mm-hmm. it was just like amazing so then there's that and then I move into like my so again this is, you can kind of see how my my brain works and how the <laughs> my career has developed and then so I get into like the business world uh for better or for worse one of my early business kind of um, you know influences was Tim Ferriss and uh I know he's got kind of a, a love-hate relationship with followers but because of his book, the Four Hour Work Week, that's when I was able to find a blueprint to help me take an idea and turn it into a fully functioning, profitable, award-winning bottled water company. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, from that, it was the you know the marketers Joe Polish and Seth Godin, and you know nowadays that has evolved into like Peter Diamantis and, and Ray Kurzweil, who are these brilliant futurists who are looking at the world how technology is making the world better so um yeah <laughs> so it's again there's, and and i'm sure in a couple of years it'll be some some other people based <laughs> off of the books i'm reading um, <laughs> that's kind of just how my mind works it's just like you know what's what's in front of me and what am i reading but those those like few people throughout my life is like really i think what makes some of those some of those people interesting is that like at a time in my life when i was looking for a change or a different way of looking mm-hmm. at the world. I came, came across their writing mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. their work. And it helped me see mm-hmm. the world differently. And that really kind of put like mm-hmm. a, a stamp on that. So, yeah.
1: You know, I totally, you know, as a kindred spirit, I totally get you. I mean, to some other people it's like, Oh my God, this is like a, like a web. Like your mind is like a web, right? <laughs> Cause you're all of this, you know, you just try to figure it out. But, I get it because you know at different points in our lives, you know we like you said, like when we're looking for change or some kind of transformation for ourselves, or we're trying to walk a new journey, we're definitely influenced by you know what we're following or who we're following, or what we're reading or what we're surrounding or who we're surrounding ourselves with, you know maybe it's their work or their content or. Even physically, so I totally get, it. and I really like how diverse you know your influences have been. I even like the fact that you say like in the future, because you're talking I'm like oh my yeah. god, you're talking about the future, like you know, like in the future, might be, <laughs> you know, in your set of people, they're like oh my, you know, that's so, but that is so you know, no, so cool. So we're I, I, you know, I know that you. There's just so much, you know, you have a connection to. So and you know what's funny because I, again for me, that's also being like you know my own journey in a sense. But Mm -hmm. I know that you're also, um, you know, a media strategist and you advise and you teach about PR and marketing. And we'll talk about all of those things. There's so much to talk about. We have to talk about your water, the book. Oh, there's so mm-hmm. much to talk about. But how, uh, how about we take a quick, let's take a quick musical break. I feel like we need a little bit of music in this party in this house. So um, we'll take a quick musical break. And this is Like We Do by Peter Kelly. And Peter Kelly was a former guest in the show. He's been a guest twice on the show, I think. And um, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Enjoy. Awesome. Were we just victims of
0: right place and time? Or were we written in the stars? Was your mission to invade my mind? The mind to catch you like a blessing in a jar. The universe has reasons and a plans. Life has lessons to be learned. Love and love go hand in hand Maybe love cannot be found But must be I got tough And I gave up But I guess I had it coming My hands fell to my side You showed up like a motherfucker On my chin And sent me flying higher Than I've ever been And I've
1: Kelly was a guest on this show, or sorry, has been a guest in this year twice. She was also part of our anniversary uh, show, yeah. And uh, that was Like We Do by Peter Kelly. Now, hey, guys, you're still listening to The Naked Talk with Alex Okurugi. And, yes, we're coming to you live all the way from Lagos, Nigeria. Or I'm coming to you live all the way from Lagos, Nigeria. (laughs) And, yes, um, you know, we're coming to you, right? So wherever you listen from around the world, my very special guest, who's joining me live all the way from Boston in the U.S. Now, he is a creative entrepreneur. He's also um, a speaker, powerful speaker. And he is um, uh, a media strategist. He's an author. He's a, he's everything. You know, I don't want to let it out of the bag. But you know, he is all of these amazing things and amazing, And if you've been following the conversation, then you can tell that he wears many hats. Uh, hi, Yuri. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show.
2: Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi. I I think I need to hang out with you more often because uh, <laughs> I'm not usually told how awesome I am on a daily basis. But,
0: uh,
2: but uh, I just feel better yeah, about yeah. myself coming on this show.
1: <laughs> Let me just say that, <laughs> right? You know, but I was thinking about something. You know, like I remember, you know, when you talked about your, um, you talked about your, your Russian, you know, your Russian grandfather, your Russian. And I'm like, wait, hang on a second. How do you feel when you hear about? And I know this is totally, out of, you know, this is totally off, you know, off the curve and off conversation. But you know, how mm-hmm. do you feel about the whole entire Russia playing a role in the U.S. election? And does that make you feel any any type of way? <laughs>
2: Uh, disgusted. I mean, I, so it's, it's, it's interesting. I, growing up, I have, I have felt more of a kinship to my Italian side than my Russian side. And it's, it's probably for a couple of different reasons. Um, you know, I, more of my Italian family is over in the United States. My grandmother who came over during the war refused to speak Russian, refused to speak about Russia and she f- learned English very quickly. And if you asked her where mm. she would from, or, or where was from, she would say, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm American. Uh, I don't have an <laughs> accent. I'm American." So it's, you know, like so. So growing up, I've I've never really been told to like love Mother mm. Russia. So so yeah, in a yeah. sense, like I mean, oh my God, Putin is is shady as shit, and that whole instance <laughs> uh, is like it's 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 sad and it's terrible that that. You know, I mean, it's it's not anything new. They, mm-hmm. you know, the U. S. also does similar shady shit too across the world. But it, it's <laughs> I it's think, sad that know, kind of happened.
1: It happens, in, you know, even in my country. So hey, you know, there's yeah. a lot of shit going on here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. We're, I, you know, I was just curious, but you know, I, sure. I, I, you know, I said something right before we went to the musical break, and we talked about you. I mean, you're a media strategist. Your advice, and you teach your clients and, P, you know, about PR and marketing. So I need to uh-huh. ask you this, though. And this is a, I think that this is an important question. How important is media strategy for a creative business? You know, as an entrepreneur, how is how important is having a media strategy or having a media strategist?
2: Well, as a someone who also works as a manager, it's clearly very important to hire me to do everything for you. <laughs> um, but, but, but beyond that, so it's, you know, apart from having an amazing kick ass product, the next best mm-hmm. thing to that is learning mm-hmm. how to tell people about it. Because if oh. you don't tell people about it, no one's going to give a shit. So, so mm-hmm. I would, you know, again, you have to have a fantastic product. Actually, even then, like, fantastic marketing trumps bad products all the time because there's tons of products yeah. that get pushed around. So, I mean, so, like, purposely, I would say it's good number two. Number one, awesome product. Number two is having a strategy, having <laughs> a good marketing and PR presence because if you don't tell uh-huh. anybody about what you're doing, no one's going to care. Yeah,
1: you know, because you know the reason I ask, and I ask this is because you know, for for example, as for you know, artists and, and creatives, and you know, small business owners, and you know, media, whatever kind of you know business you run, a lot of people still are coming to terms with the fact that they do really, you know, again, people stop at number one, which is oh, I have yeah. a great product, right, or I you know I have talent, or I'm skilled, and I'm I have a gift, but like you said, if nobody knows that you exist and nobody knows about your your gift, you know, or if nobody knows that you have the product that you have, then how are they going to buy? Like you have to help yeah. people find what you have to offer. And that's where, exactly. you know, people like you and me, like, you know, you, that's where you come into the picture because you've done amazing, you know, amazing work helping your clients gain almost seven figures, right, in free press. How did you do that? Can I get on your, can I get on your <laughs> client list? <'Cause laughs> Right. But I Definitely. have to get on your client list, Yuri, like seriously, but you know, seriously talking about this, because this is so important. And I know that, especially here in Africa, you know, um, Again, and wherever people are listening from, I think it it also happens if you're a small business owner. People are thinking, where am I going to find the money? You know, I'm a a solopreneur or I'm a small business owner or I'm just this one individual artist and I'm just trying to start my idea or my project and I'm bootstrapping and, you know, how am I supposed to do this? And they don't probably realize that that is a very important step in building what they're building, which is why I wanted to ask. So now this leads me to ask about, you know, Mm -hmm. the formation of Indigo H2O. Mm-hmm. You know, you had you know you had this amazing product, by the way. That you know, I think you should have just put me with the bottle. You know, with me and the bottle of water in the swag bag, like the Oscar bag. I don't <laughs> mind being one of your products. Like you can just get me into Oscar and Oscar bag or Golden Globes bag or just any bag at all. I just I just need to go somewhere. But really, <laughs> uh, you know. Let's talk about, you know, you have this comedy You were, you know, how did you go about, you know, uh, first of all, creating this amazing product?
2: Sure. So it's, um, yeah, just looking on the surface, you think, how would I go from working on Broadway to then suddenly starting a <laughs> bottled water company? Because it doesn't quite. Um, it does a little bit in my weird evolution. So <laughs> I, So I am one of those people who became obsessed or actually, still kind of is obsessed with bottled water, just mm. for weird, like weird reasons. Partially for health reasons. I, growing up, another weird, <laughs> you know, random thing I had. Uh, apart from then, once I got over the stuttering problem, we figured out that I have a condition called Mediterranean anemia or thalassemia minora. So because of where my Italian ancestors are from, I inherited a trait. It basically, means that my red blood cells are smaller than the average person's. So I became exhausted when I turned 16 and 17 around there. And when there some part of what I figured out after going to wow. uh, the medical, medical community and then the natural path community was that I needed mm-hmm. to address the problem through better like nutrition. And with mm-hmm. that was the quality and quantity of water I was drinking. Like I just I was drinking a lot mm-hmm. of soda and not enough water, and my uh. body was paying the price. Uh So, you know, at 17, I became suddenly obsessed with bottled water. And so here's another thing about me. I go from like zero to 100 and crazy percent of interest. So I (laughs) I like, I suddenly like, I won't care about something. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, I read this study about it. And now let me go do this to a, maybe a little bit of extreme version of it. So I, I became obsessed with bottled water and was started like testing the groundwater at my parents' house and other bottles of water. And, and so uh, I was just trying to drink the water with the most mineral content, you know, as like as a 16 and 17 year old. So fast forward, then 10 years later, I had just gone through a divorce, my career on Broadway and in design basically collapsed because the U S economy collapsed. So I couldn't do that anymore. And on the way back, From like my parents, they were great. My parents were wonderful. They they drove out to New Jersey and helped me pack up my stuff. And they, because of my own personal health issues, became natural doctors, and now they have this this huge practice. Uh, And they especially focus on different ailments, uh, especially Lyme disease. But I had a conversation with them about kind of like what am I going to do with my life now? Like everything I wanted to do and focus on up until this moment is no longer available. And so, you know, they're very optimistic and they're giving me some ideas and they talked about this conference they had come from and they had tried this new thing called alkaline water and it was supposed to be better for you and so they gave me a CD to listen to in the car ride back. And so on the way back I was listening to like this health studies and what that potentially could be and I was like, "Okay, I like bottled water already. I'm kind of like I already know a little bit about the industry. This alkaline mm-hmm. water thing could be could be interesting and it's still new." What if I started a company that did that? So like right off the preliminary, like in 20, 2009, I had this idea for a bottled water company. Fast forward then to 2011, when I finally finished doing a bunch of research and figuring out what to do and realizing that I actually, I could start a company. I didn't need permission to start a bottled water company.
0: Mm.
2: I, I just happened to meet some people who were very adept in um, and what's happening in like the online space. And I gave them a pitch and they're like, this sounds awesome. So I technically launched this company in January of 2011 with zero products. So before Indiegogo and Kickstarter existed, I actually kickstarted this bottle water company by oh, wow. Photoshopping a bottle of water and putting it on a website and then just making up a price. And putting some research up. Like this, I don't have the website anymore, but it it was bad. And and slapdash. <laughs> <flat> like <laughs> at best. And so it was like it's from that, it was it was a trial and error. And and fortunately for me, I'm not afraid to ask people questions that maybe come across as dumb. Mm-hmm. And so I just was I was I would reach out to anybody I could and ask them questions about marketing and sales and what's going on with this. And I would read. Um Information and, you know, Indiana at that time, they may still do, has a lot of small business resources. And uh-huh. what I had was more time than money. So I was broke. I think I had like 300 in uh-huh. bank account. Living with my parents, working a bunch of terrible, terrible jobs to try to pay my bills and my student loans. And so because I had more time than money, I was like, well, I can go and I can go to, go to events and ask people and I can go ask for help. Mm-hmm. The water originally was called Simple Water because I thought, mm-hmm. well, you know, this is like the simple version of water. It's it's supposed to be water. That's good for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found out quickly after doing some googling that there is a company in Canada called Simple Water who is uh, a scam. And so they apparently they're they're mm-hmm. a fil- fil- filtration company. And when you Google Simple Water, the first thing that comes up is Simple Water scam. That, I'm wow. Like that's not a good that's not good. That's not
1: good for you, yeah.
2: No, definitely not. So Indigo H2O just came from a random conversation I had with a friend of mine, and I was like, listen, I need to come up with a new name. Uh, And we started, like, spitballing names back and forth, and and this name stuck. And the moment I switched it to Indigo Mm -hmm. H2O, suddenly everything kind of clicked. Like, I, I got invited to be in the gift bags at the MTV Video Music Awards. And then that then led into the Golden Globes and that led into the Emmys then the Oscars. And, uh, you know, on top of that, I got a lot of other press and, and things from that. But mm-hmm. this in, entire process has just been it's been trial and error. And it, it's my mm-hmm. personal MBA is the best way to describe it, because I made so many mistakes in the beginning mm-hmm. and I just cataloged my mistakes and I learned from what I was doing wrong and got better. And every year the company got better and better. And I got better and better at, at marketing and press Uh, a little too good actually by the end. (laughs)
1: You know, but I like that you say that, you know, a lot of, a lot of the things that, you know, you'll, it was trial and error. And I think it is for a lot of business owners. And I think for really anybody, really like there's no real, there's no temple. Like, you know, you really like everything is so different. And so you really just have to, you know, go out there and try and that you're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn from them. And like you said, you had to catalog that and see what you were doing wrong and what you were doing right. And that kind of, you know, I'm really, really, I, I was totally intrigued with the, you know, and I, you know, I didn't really know much about what, you know, um, but just seeing how you build that business and how that came from you having to go through a trying time, right. Or a challenge, you know, in your life and then saying, Hey, you know, what do I do after this? Like really need to do something. And, and this came about, so let's talk about, um, you know, I know that, you know, part of that is, you know, part of the highs and part of that is the part of the lows. And you said something, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I think for a business owner or as creative entrepreneurs, we, You know, even when people see what they think is success or what looks like success and what is part of success, I I don't feel like there's failure. I think a failure is a part of success, right? But when people see that, they don't realize that there's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows, right? And Mm -hmm. so, now you've had like a really, really diverse god stint, you know, in the creative, you know, just trying different things and and reinventing yourself. What would you say has been the highest moment in your career, what would you say is one of the, what you would consider to be a high moment
2: or the highest moment in your career?
1: And what do you consider to be a low moment?
2: <laughs> you know, so it's, it's funny. Like everybody else, I probably, I can like my mind go to the lows like that. Like I can jump from <laughs> low point to low point to low point to low point. It's actually the high points that I have to struggle more to think about. Uh, so like high point in my career so design wise, the high point of my design career was when I got and actually it's it's a very strong coincidence now. The movie's actually finally coming out, I believe it's in theaters right now. But while I was in grad school, it was my second year of grad school, I answered an ad on Craigslist that ended up putting me as the designer on an Al Pacino movie. It was design it was directed, produced, and starring Al Pacino. And I got it on Craigslist. Wow and they were really wow. sketchy and dodgy about who was the main person on it, mm-hmm. but ultimately I, I got paid pretty well for what I was to hang out for a week at the Algonquin Hotel with Al in New York City and 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 work through that process. And so that movie is called Wild Salome. It actually, I believe, is in theaters uh, right now. It, it, it took him. Yeah. It took him like 10, 10 years to this stupid. Movie to so, uh, so so so. <laughs> Go see that in theaters. I have no back end deals with that, so it doesn't help me any but it was a, it was an amazing experience design wise with that highlight of my business career was in uh, Feb
0: either
2: late February early March 2015 indigo h2o wins so I was in the oscar. Same weekend, I won the award. Actually, it was the, the night before the Oscars. I won the award for the best tasting water in the world. And at that same weekend, wow. I was a, a speaker at this art entrepreneurship conference. So I felt, I also felt like a badass at the time. Like the week beforehand. It <laughs> must have been a good I'd, year. It, it was. Well, it was a good like a good weekend. <laughs> I had like done a ton of press the week beforehand mm-hmm. and was like featured in dozens of scenes and like did live TV Interviews. And then on that Saturday, when I know this award show is, is happening, I skip the awards in uh, Willy Springs, West Virginia. And instead, I'm paid to go to a, and speak at a conference that helps entrepreneurs and artists. And so I got to say, at the, you know, again, things that make me happy, I, I had a really cool room <laughs> at the Hilton, somewhere by the airport in chicago but it was was like it was a very new experience for me it's i i like to embrace the small things uh so i was speaking at this event and i was telling you know the the students there and the entrepreneurs and and creatives like hey i actually designed this like this bottled water right now is in the oscars tomorrow Mm -hmm. and this is how i did that and right now i'm up for an Mm -hmm. award i drove so i I drove Mm -hmm. back that night and i got a phone call from west virginia and like the people there i think they but they were really excited because they are like, just give you a heads up, your, your bottle of water is winning this award, and we're going to announce it right now. And I'm like, that's amazing. Holy shit. Uh... And it's
1: like a snowstorm.
2: <laughs> and then the next day is the Oscars, and I got interviewed more on TV. So that was like absolutely an amazing uh-huh. weekend. And the next day, like that Monday, I got uh, you know, more offers for interviews. I had distribution deals coming in from around the world. It was the high time of my business career. And then I fast forward a week later when I get this stupid email from the health department of Indiana saying that they've changed the laws on in the Indiana regulations and they believe that my company is bigger than what I claim it to be and that in fact, they sent me a cease and desist. And so my bottled water company, technically at that moment, to exist a week after highlight of my career
1: no way
2: yeah oh yeah
1: wow <laughs> so I mean like you just took me from a high 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 to a low like right but you know what like so how do you I mean how does anyone move You like how does anyone move on from that like I mean how did you move from that like how did you how were you able to deal with that because I'm right now i'm I know that this is this was a while back, but yeah, well, a few years back, but just even you saying that to me right now, you know, just there's I can't even tell you how I feel, you know, listening to this, yeah. so how were you able to basically overcome you know such you know such news, like how were you able to overcome that period so i
2: I had so much anger for so the state of Indiana. Uh, our then governor, now vice president Mike Pence, and how stupid his <laughs> organization was, and so part of so part of what helped me move on past that, it took it did took me some time, and you know, and and mm. I'm I'm technically over it now, but the mm-hmm. idea of starting another bottled water company because I get asked that. Every once in a while, like when I start up again, and, and I mm-hmm. still, even like to this day, the company hasn't existed since 2015. I still have people who want to buy water from me. That mm-hmm. so that like feeling that suddenly my company being ripped away from me still sticks with me, and it, it makes me not want to start mm-hmm. another bottled water company, not other companies, but bottled mm-hmm. water companies. But part of what has helped me move on past that was, you know, so first off, that wasn't the first time my life collapsed and things changed, like. In two thousand and eight, I went through a rough on me divorce. At the same time the economy collapsed and I had to switch careers and the same Uh time like I I went broke and bankrupt. Uh So there's like years of therapy and self development Uh that happened between two thousand and eight and twenty fifteen. So so you know, it's 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 I can't really say like one thing helped me. It was years Uh of like working on myself, learning uh-huh. what I'm good at, learning that I can trust in myself. So when, when shit hits the uh-huh. fan, I can make decisions and move on past that. So partially what helped with that, along the way, while I was building this bottled water company, I also was a professor at India University, and I had started developing my, my link between entrepreneurship and the arts and what helped me go from being a creative artist with only an MFA to them building this company. And that's where, like, that's where like the Princeton came from and, and Stanford and uh-huh. Notre Dame, uh-huh. because as I was building this water, water company, I was also talking about entrepreneurship and the arts and how the two combine. Uh-huh. And so what really helped during that moment was, you know, the spot, my bottled water water is, is collapsing. I'm, Cursing the state of Indiana, I'm, I had to hire a new <laughs> beverage attorney to help me go through this. Mm-hmm. Who who told me that I'm not allowed to say mean things to the mm-hmm. to be, you know, to the people of Indiana anymore, and so I had to just let it go. And just and because that's basically what it came mm-hmm. down to. Like the state of Indiana gave me them. They said either I can spend millions of dollars and build this brand new facility, and then basically like you know bend to their will, or I could or I mm-hmm. could close the company said, fuck you, I'm closing the company. Like, if you guys don't care Mm -hmm. that I had created the best tasting water in the world and came from Indiana, then why should I be in Indiana? Like, Indiana's not known for a lot of the best of anything, especially not during the Mm -hmm. Mike Pence administration. Um, Mm -hmm. So, also, that argument, not so good when you tell that to the regulators. (laughs) Um, uh, So, I just, I had to let it go. And the moment I decided to let it go, things got easier. And that – around that same time is when I came across Emerson College and their need for somebody to build up a program for them called the Uh Business of Creative Enterprises, which combined arts and entrepreneurship. And so I made the leap in a very short time from being a small business owner running this amazing bottled water company to shutting it down and then moving to Boston and building up this entrepreneurship program for an arts college. Wow. You know, I'm
1: so, I'm so, you know, I, and I, like you said, you know, there's a lot of, I think we all take it a day at a time, but I think that it's, you know, it's a lot of courage to be able to, first of all, pick yourself up, try to figure out, like you said, you know, there's a lot of, that's happened between the first period of just going through challenges and trying to find yourself back and then coming to that high point and that high moment and then losing something and still being able to pick yourself and just say, you know what, I'm just going to keep going. so here's what we're going to do um, you're going to take another musical break, one last musical break, um, okay. and, <laughs> and we'll be back. And this is A bird Dime by Danielle Taylor, and Danielle Taylor was a guest for the show um, last year, I think. Yes, yeah, she was a guest on the show last year, and we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Enjoy.
3: The bank the borrow
1: every time I listen to her. Now, Danielle Taylor was a guest on this show, and if you missed our conversation uh, sometime last year, don't forget you can go head on to our official website, www.thenakedtalk.live, live, yes, because we're live, and of course, you can listen to my conversation with Danielle Taylor while she was here on the show, and uh, yeah, so, we're, hey, Topbox, welcome back, this is still The Naked Talk, and yes, I'm having an awesome, good, I think we should do like two hours or three hours, or oh, <laughs> but you know, I'm having a great conversation with my very special guest here, Katalder, he is a creative entrepreneur, he is Uh, speaker and a media strategist. And he's just an awesome, really awesome person. And, you know, I've been learning so much. He's been just sharing. And, you know, Yuri, you have a way. You have a way, like, you know, we're having this conversation and you kind of make it sound Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're not like one of those Um, you know, I'm going to make a speech, like a really heavy speech right now, and I'm going to be, you know, dropping the jewels, but they are there, right? You know, and I really enjoy talking to you. It's funny because I remember when I did your (laughs) podcast, um, Advance Your Art, and we kept Mm -hmm. on going and going. I was like, oh, my God, I'm having so much fun. And I'm still having so much fun, even, you know, having you right here on the show. And (laughs) you have a way of just sharing brilliance while pretending you're not sharing brilliance. Um,
2: (laughs) Thank you. So um, I'm bearing the lead. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I need to. I need to like emphasize my brilliant parts better.
1: No, I'm saying, no, I'm saying it's just a great strategy because I kind of still notice, like it's just a unique strategy. Like you know, it's you know, there are probably too many of us who are like, you know, hey, you see me, but you have a very unique way of just sharing and just, you know, really just being really nice and sweet and humble about it. So, um, well, thank I, you. I received two questions I received two questions for you on whatsapp, and there are people yeah. who are listening and so there is a question from Cynthia, and Cynthia is saying, Oh my goodness, I can't imagine what it feels like to lose um a business that got so much uh so much press and so much you know accolades so what motivates you to get out of bed in the morning? Mm-hmm. yeah, that's the question <laughs> What motivates you to get out okay. of bed in the morning okay.
2: Well, so thank you, Cynthia. That's actually a very good question. What motivates me to get out of bed in the morning? I have this insatiable drive inside me to do something bigger than myself. And
0: uh. I
2: honestly believe that like most people have this. Just some people maybe this. So this, you know, it's this insatiable need to keep moving forward it like I, I've had that since I was a kid like it, that's the reason why I pushed past and learned and actually got over being a, a, a stutterer like I had I actually taught well uh-huh. worked I created my own like strategy to get past stuttering so I wouldn't do it anymore and it's uh-huh. the same reason why when I was exhausted at the age of 17 that I still went to school and and got straight A's and and uh-huh. uh, you know kept pushing myself I just you know it, it I just wouldn't let myself give up and, and stop and I've learned that even if the goal you're going for isn't the one you want right now, it's it's mm-hmm. something. And so uh-huh. I always have something, no matter and I have all the uh-huh. days. Like 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 seriously I have like I have seasonal affective disorder well self-diagnosed and February in Boston <laughs> sucks. Like it's cold, it's depressing, hard to Uh, get up in the morning and do things. And so I create, if that means artificially, reasons for myself to get out of bed and to move forward. And I give uh myself deadlines. And sometimes I'm not nice to myself. Honestly, that's what I I need to get better at being nice to myself because I'm sometimes a dick to myself. Uh, Well. Hopefully that helps.
1: um, So. Well, I think that the answers, you know, that I thought that was a brilliant answer. And, and there's another question from John. And I John, think he kind of answered that, but it's a, maybe, maybe, yeah, John, because I got two questions. And mm-hmm, John says, sure. what's one of the most difficult lessons you learned from the challenges that you've experienced? What's one of the most difficult lessons you learned from the challenges mm-hmm. you experienced? Yeah.
2: Sure. Sure. Good, good question, John. Uh, humility. Humility was mm. a very difficult thing for me to learn. And I say this because mm. I was kind of a cocky shit in my twenties. I had so, mm-hmm. you know, I I was the, you know, again in, in Indian university, not necessarily a big, big known university for theater, but I was at the top of mm-hmm. the undergrad game and I got tons of mm-hmm. scholarships and accolades mm-hmm. from people. I then went right to Juilliard and I spent a year at Juilliard and I went to school at the same time with Isaac, like um, Oscar Isaac. So if you like Star Wars, I'm Mm. Oscar at the same time. And Rutina Whistley, who is like, I went, I went to, I mean, even though I wasn't in their same program, that's who I was hanging out Mm -hmm. with these now famous actors. They were just like, you know, like we're all in our twenties. You were just kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got, got into Yale and there is a certain level of authority that comes with some of these mm-hmm. institutions that just mm-hmm. makes you feel oh, you're better than other people. Just, like <laughs> uh, honestly, and so I was yeah. an arrogant ass. And um, then I got to work on you know this amazing person, and then I was working for operas, and then I was working on Broadway, and then you know a lot of amazing things were happening, and. I went through an awful divorce, and my life changed. And I remember sitting in a bar in Elkhart, Indiana, looking at this girl who kept on hitting on me that I didn't want to talk to. And I actually looked at her, and I said, (laughs) like, I don't want to be here because I'm better than you. And the moment the words left left my lips, I was like, oh, my God, Yuri, you are a fucking piece of shit. Like, why would you say that to somebody? And, like, I just – like, I watched her expression change from, like, smile to just horror – and oh wow and then you know like the next day <laughs> i w- went to my job at that time holding signs for Verizon wireless and mm-hmm. then i cleaned carpets at night like i seriously learned humility just because mm-hmm. of circumstances and that is a, that's a lesson that i no matter where i go with my life it sticks with me because It is a a difficult and a powerful lesson to learn, and it's an important lesson.
1: You know, I think this is such a – you know, I I think that this was a great question, John. This was so good because you really did share that. I think that that's what happens when we experience challenges. Like it's kind of like a lesson in humility, right, because we really Mm. get tested, right? And wow. But, you know, I know we don't have so much time. Uh, Yuri, God, we've been talking for like forever, do you believe that we've been talking for almost 19 minutes, right? And we probably That's not like crazy. you know a few minutes to go. Yeah, we've been talking yeah, that 11 long. Eleven minutes. But just before we, yeah, about 11 minutes to go. But just before we wrap this up, um, I know mm. that you recently co-wrote a book. Right. So you recently co-wrote a book, and so we're going to be adding ortho to just our list of many hats. So you know, just tell us a little bit. I know we don't have that much time, but tell us just a little bit about this book, and you know what this book is about, and where we can find it, and you know, who knows.
2: Sure, sure. So it's 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 like part of my failure tour is what I'm calling it, Uh, because recently (laughs) I've been asked to speak at other universities about the times in my life when I failed. This is actually very interesting. Students nowadays coming out of art programs. So like I was at Yale a couple months ago, they are less interested in what's happening in the creative economy and more about how mm-hmm. how people have failed and then overcome that. Mm-hmm. So so, mm-hmm. you know, that's something I've been talking about a lot at universities. That's kind of what this book is about. So a year ago I joined forces with with twelve other talented entrepreneurs and we each decided to take a chapter of this book and write about mm-hmm difficult choices we made in our lives and how our lives improved because of that and the process of those. Uh So my, my chapter, especially is, you know, similar to what we talked about here. It's, it's my overcoming stuttering. It's my overcoming being Uh sick as as a kid. It's, you know, what happens Uh when you're, you know, for years you wanted to be something. And in my time it was, I wanted to be a, a, a costume designer on Broadway. And then mm-hmm. what happens when it's all ripped away from you? And then, you know, I then start a bottle water company. What happens with that? And when it's it, mm-hmm. taken away? Mm-hmm. So it's like throughout all these processes, there are choices you make and, and decisions mm-hmm. that help you go past that. And so this book mm-hmm. is like the culmination of all of our failures and, and what we did to move past those. And it's a, again, mm-hmm. a collection of stories. And the goal is to help other people learn from our mistakes so that maybe they can, not make the same mistakes and and you know move past those so right now it is i'm not sure when it's officially gonna be published we are we're trying something new and it's it's on a site called publish sizer and we're doing uh-huh. pre-orders right now so if you're inter- if you if you like me and you would like me to come to your event i would be happy to speak uh-huh. uh about all the things and uh we have various level of packages to buy or you can buy just one book uh uh-huh. and e- to find it, if you go to my website yuri.cataldo.com, I put a link directly to the uh, the actual Publishizer page mm-hmm. that will take you right there. So, so that's amazing. I'm also working on another book uh, right now, which is also why I'm very introspective. But uh, I actually I, I can't go <laughs> in great detail with it. But I was just chatting mm-hmm. with a publisher last week, and it it's, it's it is going to be like the story of how I. went Broadway to starting a bottled water company and it's going to be mm-hmm. more in depth on um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: like how my life fell apart and what I did to kind of pick up the pieces a bit and more of like a story. And then also I'm going to throw in exactly how I built a international award winning bottled water company from scratch and, mm-hmm. and like the actual, like actionable items you can do um, to get a ton of press and marketing because I've, I've used that exact same system for, uh, you know for for tech startups, for blockchain icos and and a lot of other like just whole food companies, like it's just the the basic practice is interchangeable across multiple industries.
1: Amazing. I can't wait to hear about that book. And I'm going to check out the other book as well. So if you mm-hmm. go to, if you're listening right now, if you go to his official website, com and we're going, to, we're linking to that, then just mm-hmm. click on that, and then it will take you to his website, and then you can click, you know, find out more about the book because you can see information about the book choices. And, you, you know, it's great that you say that because life is really about choices, right? When some something mm-hmm. happens to us, we can either choose to allow it to defeat us or to let it stop us or to we can decide to move forward. So um, we can choose to move forward. So Yuri, it has been an amazing, amazing, amazing time with you. I feel like this shouldn't end. Like it's so (laughs) annoying when you have to look at the clock, right? But I know that you're very busy and you have so much amazing stuff to do in your, you know, so thank you so much for, you know, just, Spending time with me, and for I, you know, there's a red carpet. I'm sorry I didn't tell you about the red carpet, but you know, there's a red carpet. A bunch of press people just waiting to take your picture right now, and <laughs> <before> we're done with this conversation, so you have to stay back. You have to stay back for some pictures, you know. Um, but you know, well, this definitely. has been amazing. Thank you so much, Yuri.
2: Of course, it's my pleasure. And, and again, thank you so much for inviting me on your show and uh, allowing me to get a little naked with you. <laughs> yeah, I would be, I'd be happy to come it. on and it. chat with you anytime.
1: <laughs> I would love to bring you back, and I will love to bring you back on a round table. You know, I would love to bring you back with other guests. When I have sure. multiple, I'm setting up a multiple round but I'm definitely going to bring you back because Yuri, there's so much to talk about. But just before mm-hmm. we say goodbye, you know, any final words, where can the listeners find you? I know that, you know, there's your website, but where else do you hang out that people can easily connect to you just in case? And I know that there are people who definitely need your help and support and just who, you know, you you know so much. and You've done, you know, you've been around, you you keep going around, and, and I know that there are definitely people that you – would feel like you'd be of value to them. So how can they find you?
2: Sure. So the easy way to find me is on Twitter. I'm at Y Cataldo, which is my last oh. name. Uh, but also, like, you, you can easily just Google me, Yuri Cataldo. There's, like, three other Yuri <laughs> Cataldo. And I, I will pop up first because I'm better at SEO than they are. So, <laughs> uh, I'm again, really easy to find. But, no, I mean, anybody, if you have any questions or comments or, or want to talk through things, I do this all the time. Uh, with startups and individuals and just artists in general. And I I have gotten to where I am because of mentors and because of, of people who who took time out of their day to help me, I mm-hmm. happily pass that forward and talk to anybody for as long as you need to help you with your problems. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very easy to find me online and uh, I'm always happy to listen.
1: Amazing, and Yuri, let me tell you the truth. That's not true. I don't. I didn't know that there was a second or third person. I just see only you when I Google you. Like I haven't seen right. another Yuri, so I don't know. It's what, I have, have no idea what you're me. talking about. <laughs> 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 because I don't. Ha- I have only eyes for you, right? Yeah. Well, I only That's see right. you. I don't see any of them else. So hey, well, thank you so much, Yuri. This has been an amazing, amazing conversation. And if you want to connect with Yuri, don't forget that you can go to his official website, YuriCataldo.com, or you can find him on Twitter. He's there at YCataldo. And, yes, mm-hmm. make sure you connect with Yuri. Yuri's amazing, and he can help you just basically amplify, you know, what you're doing. And if you need help, talk to Yuri. Who better than somebody who knows, you know, and that's the truth. You know, you, once you've been through, you've been able to manage so many things, and you've had the experience. You have the experience. And so, yeah, Yuri's the guy to talk to. Yuri, thank you so <laughs> much for blessing me with your presence, and I would love for us to do this again.
2: Of course. Anytime I'm there. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Alex.
1: Thank you. Okay, guys. Well, this has been an amazing conversation with my very special guest, Yuri Cataldo. He is a creative entrepreneur. He's a speaker, powerful speaker, uh, speaks at some of the best colleges and universities in the U.S. And, and, you know, and he is, you know, has years, brings years of experience in the arts, design, marketing, innovation, and publicity. And, you know, known for advice and founders and artists and students and has lectured in so many powerful universities. So don't forget, guys, you want to connect with him. Make sure to go to his official website at www yurikatalder.com or just click on the show notes and of course it will take you straight to his website and you can connect with him now guys don't forget if you know anyone who missed this conversation live you can still catch the archive show right here on the radio channel or you can head on to our official website www.thenakedtalk.live and you can listen to this show or share the show you know tell someone about this there's been so much Yuri has shared and um, blessed us with powerful really powerful conversation I love having this kind of stimulating conversation so Till I come back same time on Wednesday, Talk Wednesday, I have the amazing Tracy West who's going to be joining me live all the way from the UK, um, I'll say. Um, don't forget that expression is a sign of stress, not weakness. I love you for listening. Ciao. Mm-hmm.
0: Than at the outside Instead of the truck